RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. For a limited time, support the show from just $1 a month and get an exclusive button. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Allison Pitt and today is Thursday, July 11th, 2019. On today's show, CBS releases new key artwork for Star Trek Picard. Star Trek Online's lead designer posts a peek into how the game is developed. And cosplay hero Brooke Wilkins has some tips for first-time cosplayers. All this, plus the Star Trek events in your area to look forward to this weekend, coming right up. CBS All Access dropped brand new Star Trek Picard artwork yesterday, ahead of their big Hall H panel at San Diego Comic-Con next week. Sir Patrick Stewart posted the first image on Twitter, a still of the former Captain Picard, next to what appears to be a pit bull dog looking out over a vineyard. In the far distance, you can see a skyline with a combination of old and futuristic buildings, and the sky filled with what looks like a planetscape and a sun's flare. The poster-style graphic featured Stewart's name at the top and the now-familiar Star Trek Picard logo at the bottom. Shortly after Stewart's post, Star Trek on CBS All Access followed with a short 13-second video of the same scene, with the caption, The official Star Trek Picard key art is here. Will you be joining Sir Patrick Stewart at Comic-Con next week? CBS All Access also said in a statement, Star Trek Picard features Sir Patrick Stewart reprising his iconic role as Jean-Luc Picard, which he played for seven seasons on Star Trek The Next Generation. The new series will follow this iconic character into the next chapter of his life. The internet quickly leaped on the detail of the dog that appears in the artwork, with many speculating that it could be a pit bull. Sir Patrick Stewart is known for his advocacy on behalf of pit bulls and for fostering dogs with his wife, singer-songwriter Sonny Ozell. Zooming in on the dog's collar shows a delta-shaped tag, and some fans have even speculated that the dog's name looks like it could be number one. I expect to hear more details about the show this week and next, with plenty more to come out of the Comic-Con panel next weekend. For now, the only official detail we have is that the series is coming soon. Star Trek Online fans this week got a sneak peek at some video game history. Al Captain Gecko Rivera, lead designer of the hit MMORPG game, posted a picture on Twitter recently, showing off a whiteboard with handwritten notes. The caption for the picture read, Don't remember if I shared these early STOX4 Victory is Life story brainstorm notes. It's fun to look back on these. Victory is Life was the fourth Star Trek Online expansion, which came out this time last year. The storyline was based on Star Trek Deep Space Nine and featured the voice talents of almost the entire cast of the show, including René Aubergenois, Nana Visitor, Alexander Siddig, Andrew Robinson, and more. On Rivera's whiteboard, you can read comments like, Heist Sword of Kalos, 
Kira Paskai Mantle to Opaka, and under the heading Missing Moments, Kil Weyun. No spoilers here. If you want to know the full context of the notes, you'll have to play the game. And of course, for players who already completed Victory is Life, they should get some fun insight into how the expansion was made. For anyone new to the convention circuit, the idea of cosplay can be both exciting and terrifying. To be clear, cosplay isn't required at conventions, but many people choose to do it, and conventions can be a fun, safe place to try dressing up as your favorite character. But if you've never cosplayed before, where do you start? StarTrek.com published a story this week from veteran cosplayer Brooke Wilkins on the basics of what you need to know to cosplay for the first time. Among her tips, don't take it too seriously. We're all just pretending and playing dress-up. Also, with regards to the costume itself, if the person wearing it has that shine of joy in their eyes, it's a successful costume. As far as practical advice, her top tip is make sure it fits. If the costume you own fits on your body, both you and it will look good. Wilkins also emphasizes self-care and being respectful of other cosplayers. She says, the costume may cover your body, but it reveals a bit of your heart. So be kind to yourself and to others in costume. We're bearing our souls to each other here. I highly encourage you to go and read the full piece. Brooke Wilkins is a well-known cosplayer at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention and even runs Garrick's tailor shop there, so she really knows her stuff. Star Trek events in just a moment, but first, a word from me. There are just three days left for my special Patreon promotion, so get in there quick. Now through Saturday, July 13th, everyone who signs up to support daily Star Trek news on Patreon will receive a free button. Pledges from just a dollar a month upward are eligible, but hurry, the promotion ends Saturday, and these buttons are not available anywhere else. Head to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news for a preview and to sign up. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Now, before I get into events, I want to read you part of an email I received from a listener after I asked for your convention memories earlier this week. Jenny wrote, in 2011 for the 45th anniversary and 2016 for the 50th anniversary, a friend and I traveled from Melbourne, Australia to Las Vegas and attended the Star Trek convention. We remember being surrounded by thousands of people just like us. My friend is a TOS person and I am a TNG fan, but we found lots of panels of interest to us both, and we loved the vendor's room. Both of these experiences had a profound effect on us, and although it is a long way to go for a few days, we enjoyed every minute of it. We never left the Rio Suites Casino and just immersed ourselves in all things Trek, especially the Klingon karaoke. We met great people and were treated so well, especially when people realized where we had traveled from. Sadly, as we do not think we will be coming to a convention again, we will always have amazing memories of the two we attended, and I thank the Trek family for this. Live long and prosper, and make it so. Thank you so much for writing in, Jenny. Apologies for the complete lack of an Australian accent. And despite what you said, I do hope we get to meet up at a con one day. 
Now, if you're in the mood to get together with some fellow Trekkies, then make sure that you get out to one of these events over the next week. Let's start on the West Coast today. In Oregon, at Stubb Stewart State Park near Buxton, Hollywood Theatre is putting on an open-air screening of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, one night only, Saturday the 13th. The showing starts at dusk, and there will be signage to the temporary theatre location. In American Fork, Utah, there's another Wrath of Khan screening happening, this time at the American Fork Library. Friday night, July 12th, it's after-hours movie night for teens and adults, starting at 6.30 p.m. Heading east now to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and my favorite planetarium, the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point continues their summer planetarium series with the Stargazer, next Monday, July 15th, and Wednesday, July 17th. Narrated by Nichelle Nichols and astronomer James Kaler, the show looks at the nature of stars and stellar life cycles. A big convention next in Hunt Valley, Maryland, near Baltimore. It's Shore Leave Con. Guests include Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Nichelle Nichols. For more information, visit shore-leave.com. Then shooting down to Washington, D.C. and next Tuesday, the 16th, the National Air and Space Museum kicks off its commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week, they will be projecting a 363-foot Saturn V rocket on the east face of the Washington Monument between 9.30 and 11.30 p.m. Then on Friday and Saturday of next week, the 19th and 20th, they will present evening showings of Apollo 50 Go for the Moon, a special 17-minute show recreating the launch of Apollo 11 and the first moon landing. That takes place on both the monument and supporting screens. This is a free, unticketed event, and you can watch it from the National Mall. Now, if you're specifically in the mood to meet up with members of the Roddenberry Podcast Network, then one of these next events might just tickle your fancy. Sue Kissenweather from Women at Warp will be appearing at Kineticon this weekend in Hartford, Connecticut. She'll be presenting her Her Story of Fandom panel on Saturday, so if you're in the area, go and say hi. Then next week, on the evening of Thursday the 18th at San Diego Comic-Con, John Champion and Ken Ray are hosting a meetup at Havana 1920 on 5th Avenue. Visit facebook.com forward slash missionlogpod for more details. If you have a local event you'd like for me to include in next Thursday's show, then please email me at info at And if you post about it on Twitter, please use the hashtag DSTNEvents, and I'll share it for you. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at daily Star Trek or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at daily Trek news. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.